this is Tamsin Granger. And this is Dan Abuhoff. With Tamsin and Dan read the paper on uh, January 16th, 2023. Monday. Yeah, MLK yeah. Day. MLK Day. Yes, exactly right. Uh, yeah. So uh, we have a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. You say that every week. Uh, it, it's like that every week. Well, that is a technique people use on the radio. That, that, that's what okay. They, All right. Got it. All right. Well, use. we have a lot to talk about. That's right. We're running out of time. But it's true. We have a lot to talk about. And uh, we've been trying to cut it back and more things just keep cropping All up. Right. So get going. Here we go. Yeah. The first article there. Historical dramas. Yeah. I've been complaining about this for a while. Yes. Now the rest of the world is catching up. Well, the headline is, as historical dramas, dramas mushroom, so do complaints about their inaccuracies. Yeah, they cite uh, specifically the Crown right. is making stuff up. Um, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, Monster, making stuff up. And uh, the, the winning time, the rise of the Lakers dynasty. Oh, yeah. Well, that's you, you, you're you laughing. Like, that's not important. But that, no, 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 that was just, quite uh, controversial. Quite controversial. In that one, uh, the, uh, the the drill is that the characters are caricatures, really. And if you're a sports fan, uh, you know, these are real names of real people. And uh, the example they use, which is a vivid example, is of Jerry West, who was the great player and coach and general manager, executive in the NBA for years and years, and called the logo because the logo for the NBA is based on a profile of Jerry West. That's how important he is. And he is portrayed as a depressive riddled maniac, basically, in the show. And he's complained bitterly. And people like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar have stood up for him, saying, this is ridiculous. He's, He's not like this at all. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of freedom taken with the real people. I mean, I've always worried about that as a teacher. Yeah. You know, just from my own viewpoint, thinking, you know, if I watch this stuff, will I get confused? Will I begin to mix up, um, you know, fact and fantasy? (laughs) About and, about various and characters, you, and you will. I mean, you know, and you know, historical dramas can be a lot of fun, <laughs> but uh, it you know, even if you know anything about the subject, <laughs> it strikes me as you can just get confused and misled because you assume that if they're, think, they're making a film of it, they they have to be accurate, right? Even but they though, don't. But they even don't. Though it's a, a fiction. That's right. Because it, we, we're not that careful about it. We're we're just. Uh, well, listen. I'm, I'm watching this this basketball thing, and I'm saying to myself, I'm a sophisticated viewer on this subject, at least. I didn't know that Jerry West was like that. How do you like that? And it wasn't until I saw the articles and the complaints and the pushback right. that it was revealed to me. And certainly, when I'm watching The Crown and they show scenes about uh, you know the, the members of the royalty and the Parliament thinking about whether. Uh, the queen should be asked to step aside at a certain point in time. You say, well, I didn't realize there was that kind of intrigue. Well, it turns out there wasn't. There wasn't. Well, they were hiding newspapers from her. But that's so not true either. See. They, it's, oh, oh, they made this up. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. The article is mainly about the legality right. of all this. Which misses the boat. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really care about that. I, I care about what, you know, knowledge... You know, or what uh, well, misimpressions people are carrying well, away. What misimpressions I'm, I'm carrying yeah, away. Yeah. I'm not even caring to start about other people. Well, I, mean, I told you I wasn't really able to enjoy 
the Julia Child series. Oh, that's one of the ones they cite. Right, because the, I knew a little bit. I had read legit biographies about Julia Child, right. and I had a sense of uh, her history and her husband's history, right. etc. And uh, the show took liberties to make it a fun show, to make it an interesting show, to make it an engaging show. But uh, to me, the reality is much more interesting and engaging. And uh, it was upsetting to me to see her portrayed in a certain way, see her husband portrayed in a certain way. Right. Um, and that uh, I didn't think was true. And you know, I didn't know Julia personally, so no, I can't really but, tell but you. You're right. but, right. you. But you're right. They're right. So their response is the not... the difference between a documentary yeah. and and a historical drama. Except <laughs> that you, when you watch a historical drama and they name names, right, and you sort of believe, uh, I sort of come up with a belief that there's a basis for everything there's doing, and it turns out there often isn't, right. which is... is uh, I guess maybe I should have realized that, but I, I, I didn't, and I don't think many people do. So right. that you're starting but to get pushback. But you don't walk by. into it saying, you know, I'm going to believe all this, or this is the gospel. It's just that becomes part of your. No, I, I that becomes part of your database. I think you assume, at least in my case, I can just speak for myself. That's relatively true. I, I feel that if someone does something and puts as much time and money into it as they do in these kind of shows, there has to be a basis for what they're doing. We're really comfortable that all the crazy things that uh, we know about, like Henry VIII, yeah. you know, I mean, think of all the, the you know, really ancient dramas. None of that's true. None well, of it could well, possibly it's, 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 be it's, 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 true. People are making up all these conversations. But, uh, you know, we're... But imbuing you, more recent things, right? But you see, I here's where I'm. We're saying to ourselves, well, yeah, they, you know, they probably. Really I look, talk I look this at way. it differently than you do. Okay, I don't know anything about Henry VIII. I don't have any assumptions. I don't carry away any strong impressions when I watch a show on Henry VIII. But I care about Jerry West, and uh, this is a guy who's still alive. And to me, it's not that hard to get it right. It's hard to get Henry VIII right. It's not hard to get Jerry West right. Listen, what I'm saying is yeah. what I know, yeah. if I know anything about Henry VIII yeah. or Anne Boleyn, I, I, it's, it's probably is is this, from films. Yeah, it's probably okay. wrong. but but And, and but, so it, it's largely wrong. Yes, so why should it be any different? Because you, it's very easy to get the Jerry West thing right. It's harder to get right some, someone who was, you know, who lived 500 years ago and there's no, you know... Recording. There's no film. There's no whatever. I mean, of course, it's going to be wrong. The sad thing is, fifty years from now, no one's going to be around to say this is wrong. That's a problem. <laughs> you know? The good news is, no one's going to be watching this. They'll be this in stuff. the same Jerry West, Henry VIII, yeah. same boat. Yeah. All right. So, but here's a guy who I've always felt is entirely credible. Everything he does on film is credible. Am I right? Bill Nye. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you just love him? Yeah, so we saw him. Do you remember the play we saw him in? Yes. What was it called? Star something? Exactly, yes. What, what, what was it really it's, called? They mentioned it in there. It's like uh, Starlight, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we saw him on Broadway. Um, and he's he's a very uh, affecting presence. And uh, we even ran into him on Broadway. Do you recall we ran into him literally no. on the street? No. How can you not remember this? <laughs> okay, so he's, first of all, let's say who Bill Nye is. He's... He, He's in a lot of things. His career really started uh, in the mainstream in um, 
Well, Americans love, love began to notice him in Love Actually. With love Actually. Right. Where he was right out of character playing a rock musician. But he's usually, uh, at least in the past 20 years, has played sort of a buttoned up, uh, kind of dressed up Brit who has a high sense of propriety uh, and yet has seems to convey a sense of intelligence uh, sort of behind the mask. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. Yeah. And gentility and, and quite appealing. Um, and he's been in a range of things. You've got the article. You can name more things than I can. But he's more recently in this movie called Living, right? Right. And that's based on well, whose book is that? Well, it's um, it's a remake of Akira Kurosawa's Ikiru mm-hmm. about a paper pushing bureaucrat in post war Japan. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and uh, actually, um, so this is moving it to England, right? And it was kind of uh, it was an idea of the um, novelist Ishiguro. Mm-hmm. Uh, to redo, to remake Ikiru um, in a English setting, right. post-war Britain, as opposed to post-war So Japan. I'm always confused. And he envisions yeah. Nye as the perfect guy right. Right. for this role. Which I'm sure he is. I mean, I, I always get confused because Ishiguru, I just hear the name, I figure he's a Japanese figure. But the truth is, he was born in Japan, but he was raised in England. Isn't that right? Yes, and he wrote what? What did you just read? You Remains wrote? of the Day. I just which is an arch read. English novel. Yeah, English of you know, very English novel. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's the memoirs of a British butler. Right, and we saw the movie Anthony Hopkins. So, what what do you think of the book? I thought it was fine. Okay, you well, know, it's, it's not, <laughs> you know, it, it was probably more than I wanted to um, invest. It was in, a yeah. deep dive yeah. into a lot of. Uh, British attitudes, etc., yeah. that were kind of out of my realm. It was a very good movie. You remember? Uh, yeah, that? I'm sure it's a very. It, it becomes quite poignant and uh, nostalgic. At the, uh, so I would like to watch the movie again. I don't remember anything about the movie yeah, really. Right. So I'd like to watch the movie again. But um, no. So I. So uh, anyway, I, I look forward to actually seeing this movie, Living. Um, yeah, well, they have it. They had it at Doylestown, or they're having it now. I mean, well, so, bit, why don't we just uh, go. cut this short and go out and see it? Well, we can do that. But uh, do you remember the movie we saw him in uh, about your the something in the castle movie? Based on I the capture the castle. I capture the castle. We call he was yeah, in that. He was in that, and um, our neighbor was in and that. And our too. neighbor, Mark our Lucas, na- our, literally, our literally na- our neighbor. We're watching this. We're going. That As guy look, looks familiar. <laughs> yeah. Was in that, but Bill Nye is not our neighbor, and he did look familiar too. But uh, but we could we should have a we should have a get together with a Mark little Lucas. reunion for all these yeah. Well, we guys. have guys. We'll watch uh, remains of the well, not remains of the day. We'll, we'll no. watch the uh, I Con- I capture the castle. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. And uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mark was actually, in that. It was an okay movie. It's a terrific book. Yeah. Uh, so, look, we talked about artificial intelligence developments last week, and I don't mind talking about it again, because to me, this is it. This is the biggest story uh, to hit these shores for a long time, and it's going to be, these these waves will be felt on the shore for months, if not years, okay? Um, just, uh, I won't go over what we had talked about last week, because I'm sure everybody's on top of that. But there are three things I'm going to talk about here. Number one, well, we did talk about last week the notion that you could now 
put forward a, a question or put forward a task to a source, uh, an artificial intelligence source, and it will do it. In other words, you can say draft a business plan for Bicycle Shop, and instantly you'll get a business plan for Bicycle Shop. Um, uh, you can say draft a, you know, a story about X, and you'll get a story about X. Now, it's not necessarily going to be the highest quality, but it's, it's amazing that it does this, and the possibilities are limitless. So here's another variation on the theme. There's something from ChatGPT where you can have a conversation with an historical figure. Henry VIII comes to mind. Right. But, uh, and, you know, I can't get into the, uh, get behind the uh, curtain on this. I don't know how they do this. But, <laughs> but you can, let me just give you an example and just bear with me a little bit. Just give you the level of this. So they publish a, a conversation with an historical figure, of course, a person I never heard of, named, uh, excuse me, Karl Kautsky, a Czech-Austrian socialist who died before World War II. Well, this fellow named Jonas Thiel, who's a socioeconomics major at a college in northern Germany, uh, who wanted to have a conversation with Karl Kautsky, long dead. And here's the way it went. Jonas Thiel says, quote, Marxists in your time were confident that revolution was a historical inevitability, in light of recent defeats, socialists across the world have suffered and the lack of class struggle. Are you prepared to reverse that view? And here's what the Karl Kautsky bot instantly, instantly replies. I do not. We may have made mistakes with our tactics, but I refuse to believe that socialism is a pipe dream. I still believe that the proletariat must break the chains of capitalism and that the working class must unite around Marxism. We must remember that capitalism is still deeply flawed, and that is our job as socialists to agitate and spread class consciousness. All right, we're not going to get into the political discussion, but that's kind of unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I, it, it sounds like a conversation. It's bizarre. And you can do that with a whole range of people. Yeah, so, but there's also, you know, um, also in that conversation, uh, the Kautsky bot says, the proletariat is at a low point in their history right now. They will eventually realize the flaws in capitalism, especially because of climate change. Yeah. So it, Well, it, he, he's not going to talk about climate well, change. Well, the point is, it's as if he were around today. If we're standing there today. Look, all of this has to be critically evaluated in the same way anytime you get a site off Google, what it says has to be critically evaluated anytime you read anything well, in Wikipedia. It's just like Wikipedia. the historical drama stuff. Uh, it's not exactly the same. The historical, <laughs> historical drama is worse. I, I think it's much worse to deliberately put something that's false. This is, you know, if, if you're trying to uh, recreate something that's been dead for 100 years, I, I think you get a little leeway. Well, that is the leeway. problem with the chatbot. Yeah, it's they, not. It does, no matter what you're doing, Yeah. okay, if you're using it uh, for information, right. the information can be wrong. Right, but it's still interesting. And, uh, and uh, yeah, information can always be so wrong. So the big question is, yeah, I'm listening. you know, yeah. education-wise, yes. All right, yes. Um, is this uh, a new method of cheating? Yeah. Or a new tool for education. You could give the uh, chatbot your homework assignment and ask, have it write your essay. Right. So that people are going crazy because, um, you know, this means that no one has to do any homework anymore. Right. They just, chatbot can do it. Yeah. All right. So a lot of, a lot, I shouldn't say a lot. There are schools, etc., that are trying to block uh, access to chatbot. 
So the students cannot utilize that. Yeah, I don't see how. And so, so the, the opinion essay here by Kevin Roos uh, is saying, "Well, that's silly. You'll never. It do won't it. work. Right. You, you can't. Know, block other it. ones will pop up. Right. Other." Other ways to access will pop up. Yeah. You can't keep the students right. from actually doing that. And so the idea is maybe you can use it as a teaching tool. And so they have, uh, they give an example of a teacher who assigns the students an essay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And says to them, all right, uh, take out your laptop and have chatbot you know, set up the outline. Mm-hmm. Okay. Once the outline, once they've got the outline, they close the laptop yeah. and then longhand write the essay based on that outline. Right. And, uh, and uh, you know, this teacher is saying that uh, it gets people thinking more critically, more deeply. Right. And, you know. Let me tell you what's wrong with that. What? I think it's fine as far as it goes, but basically what he's saying is I can't stop people from relying entirely on chatbots, so I'm going to have them do the assignment in class while I'm looking at them. And, uh, okay, I guess you could pull that off. You're saying close your computer. I'm going to watch you write. I understand. No, he's using chatbots. I, I understand. To... But, but, but the point is if they were home, they would open their computer again, and they would uh, pl- plug this into chatbot. Chatbot would actually turn the outline into they're finished off. So what? This is a way of just working with chatbot. No, no, no. If if you're doing if, if you don't do anything but take the get the outline generated by chatbot and then have chatbot to tr- uh, turn the outline into a paper, you've done nothing. And I'm telling right, you, I'm saying don't do that. I, but, just but, but, but utilize point, chatbot for the first step. I know, but you can't stop people from taking step two unless you make them write the essay while they're sitting in your class. You're going to have to find ways to use chatbot and find ways to uh, have classroom activities as well. Yes. Okay, you're going to have to. It's find not it. going to be all take-home exams anymore. It's not going to be any take-home exams. You're going to have to find ways to look over people's shoulders okay, while they do their you homework. You can you you can create certain assignments with chatbot in mind. Yeah. All right, but then you can also have in-class tests right. that will not. So you have to have in-class tests. Yes. What's wrong with that? It just takes a lot of your in-class time. I mean, uh, you know, they used to, you could be teaching. I give in-class tests. I don't give in-class tests. I don't do it that way. But but here, here, here's my thing, okay? I think there's another solution. First of all, I, I understand what he's trying to do here. Roos is trying to say, it will never work to stop the use of chatbot. Let's find a way to work with it. And I don't disagree with that, okay? I just don't think he's found it yet. But But here's another idea, okay? Isn't it possible that if people rely on chatbot to do assignments... All the assignments are going to be very similar, and it'll be very easy for the teacher to tell who relied on chatbot. Isn't that going to be the case? And isn't that the way to find cheaters? I just wouldn't focus on the cheating. I would find ways to use it. Yeah, but so that those are not, not mutually exclusive. I'm, I'm all for finding ways, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to. Find a way to determine they if they're not using it you entirely. You can still alter it enough so it doesn't seem quite like quite as similar, you know, Maybe. to differentiate it from just a chatbot-generated essay. All right. So the final 
set of articles on this, and I won't go into detail here. We're still on AI? Yes. All right, make it AI quick. is the story losing, of the year. I'm losing interest. What, you're going to be interested in this. The go question ahead. is, is, uh, is AI, is an artificial intelligence machine, if I can use that term for the moment, does it have consciousness? And I'm do we so have to be not dis- interested. I, you, I can't even express myself. All right. Well, what's the point? Who cares? It takes us into Alan uh, Turing's uh, test as to uh, you know whether something is conscious or not. Um, you know the Turing test. It's called, and and you recall there was that movie about him called The Imitation Something or Other. The imitation game. The Imitation Game. Any event. I won't take you through this too much because they decide the Turing test doesn't work at all. They're clearly correct. But um, I, look, I, at the end of the day, the issue isn't whether a, a machine has consciousness because we'll never come to agree what consciousness means. The question is, is it autonomous? I mean, is it going to be put in a position to make things happen? And uh, A lot of movies are based on them being I'm, able to be autonomous. Autonom- autonomous okay. is the issue. And as this article cheerfully concludes... That's a problem because a machine is sociopathic. Uh, because it's not conscious, it has no conscience, and therefore it's going to act in ways that are hard to anticipate and highly problematic. So think about that, okay? Before right. you go to sleep tonight. All right, Middle Ages, honey. Um, totally different subject. Yes. Uh, just a fun article in the Wall Street Journal this weekend about the Middle Ages were cleaner than we think. We we tend to think of the Middle Ages as kind of a dark time for, for um, cleanliness. Do we? No, yeah. Don't, don't you just imagine? That I don't think about they it They didn't at all. have plumbing, you know, so they must have all been filthy. Now that you mention it. They must yes. have been disgusting, yes. you know, and there's always talk of, yeah, people back then, they wore a lot of perfume because to hide all the bad smells. Really? I hadn't so thought on. about this at all. Turns out, yeah. um, in the Middle Ages, people, especially in Christian Europe, yeah. they had a whole, that whole idea of, you know... Cleanliness is next to godliness. godliness. I knew that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they did want to be clean, and there were a variety of ways to be clean. It was kind of a pain in the butt. Uh, mostly it was a sponge bath situation because, let's face it, if you don't have plumbing, you don't have water heaters, um, be, having to heat up massive quantities of water yeah. to create a whole bath yeah. is problematic unless you're, you know, a... Um, Royalty, right, or, or something like that. Okay, okay. so um, so there is that, but they had public bathhouses in many places, so you could go in and uh, pay for either like uh, they, they describe a steam bath or for actual bathing. I mean, I guess that's actually getting wet, and people did it. All right, okay. So so anyway, it's a fun article. It also mentions um, that uh, of course in the Jewish. Um, religion, hmm. uh, bathing was a whole important thing, especially for women. If you say so, I, I sure. haven't been on to Come that. Come on, you know about that. The cold water mikvah, you know, with, which is a purification thing. Haven't you any, read any, like, no, Jewish 
novels or anything where the women are going to the mikvah? Not historically, no. Oh, okay. Not historically. All right. All right. Maybe no. you want to start. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, women had to, you know, bathing was an explicitly mandated part of the Jewish custom required before the Sabbath. Okay. You go to a public bathhouse for a hot one or two. You knew uh, about this? You yes, were You were onto yes, this? Yeah. Kind of hard to believe. Uh, Muslim women also had, uh, were... Uh, um, oh, I'm all over that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. If we know that they were into bathing uh, during this same period, yeah. uh, because of the many uh, tracks, as in T R A C T S, essays or musings by men that were written, saying, "Just what are they doing in there? And really? What are they talking about? What's mm. going on?" So we have sort of secondhand evidence. You've there, read these There was things? a lot of uh, bathing going on. And, you know, the, the article also mentions the development of soap. Uh-huh. Um, have you read these tracts? No, I've not. You know, I've not, I've not, I'm not a specialist on the uh, Muslim tracts of musing about what women are doing in the bath. No. Um, in the 12th century, the fine, hard soaps of the Middle East. So you see, soap was developed really, you know... Some extent, I think Irish Spring goes, goes way back. Okay, yeah. and it, that has to do with what kind of ash and yeah. lye and and yeah. so on uh, you use. So anyway, I thought it was a uh, fun, and you know they have some sort of architectural well, examples of public baths from that period, and uh, some illustrations. We're correcting of another in the bath. Correcting another historical inaccuracy. Yeah, so we're all over that. All right, great. Okay. Keep going. You're on a roll. Crime shows. Crime shows. This is what people are watching, streaming. Do you think they're watching the most sophisticated stuff? I thought so. Turns out, not necessarily. What are they watching? They're watching Criminal Minds, Law and Order, CSI. Criminal Minds was the most watched show streaming in 2021, beating out Squid Game, Great British Baking Show, and Bridgerton. Now, what? Now let's, let me let's stop for a second, because the whole point of streaming was it was going to free us up from network television and open up all these possibilities, these, very, these rich dramas and comedies. And it turns out people are using it to watch criminal minds. Not only criminal minds, but repeats, repeats of criminal minds, and NCIS for that matter, which right. I think is mentioned and in the And you know article. Why? Why? Because uh, one thing is, um, it doesn't take much time. It's not a big investment. Not a big commitment. And uh, also, apparently, you can lose interest for minutes at a time. And And when you come back, you haven't missed anything. That's great. But in any way, it's a complete story. This is you know, this is a sum of the American experience, basically. Yes, you don't have to pay very close attention. Oh, you know what they also mentioned? You don't have to be up on the episodes. You can miss the previous an episode or two. And watch it. Yeah, the and network you're, you're, one. They're and, contained. And you're fine. They're self-contained. They're self-contained. Yeah. And you can watch it with some confidence that there's going to be a reasonably NCIS. happy ending. NCIS. I mean, that's not great television. I mean, no. I, did, I did watch it. But people, you know what this is telling us? You want to be serious. People like mediocre stuff. Yeah. It, it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. What, what is what was Richard Nixon who said there's a place in American life for mediocrity? I think he said that. Uh, I'm now serious. we're quoting Nixon. Now we're we have to do a conversation with Nixon and I ask him, what do you think about mediocrity? And he'll say, I think it's an important part of American life. And, and, and he's he's anticipating streaming and criminal money. Genius. 
Look, you know, here's the here's the article uh-huh. that I meant to mention to you. We're we're not really going to discuss. Yeah. But I did read an article about uh, the importance of instant pudding in a lot of great cooking. Oh, really? In the New York Times. I'm totally into that. Yeah, and it, and it cited various recipes from like Magnolia Bakery and other kind of you know relatively high toned places that put pudding. Instant pudding mix in their recipes, whether it's cake, a great whether, thing, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, it was just kind of funny. One of the recipes, the a guy was making a bundt cake, and I think if you bake, if you've been baking it all for the last uh, thirty years, at least in the suburbs, uh, there's been a lot of bundt cakes with pudding mix in them, and they're always delicious. I was just going to say so that's a good bundt cake. This uh, chef was trying to recreate his mother's recipe when he didn't put in the pudding when he tried to substitute from scratch ingredients. He said it wasn't as good. Of course Didn't not. Didn't have that same artificial taste. <laughs> well, it's also not nearly as moist. Pudding really is We got alive. heavily into instant pudding during the pandemic. I don't know why. We're I don't st- remember why. Are. Um, one of the great things is it's a dessert you could make. <laughs> right? right? Yeah, you that I can, in charge. That I can make with my grandchildren. Pudding. My grandchildren. And you make it with the grandchildren. And the grandchildren love it. They okay. love the dessert. They but think the they're making it. But the seem to love it too. Well, and it's mostly milk. Yeah. Mostly. So it's so got how some bad nutrition it? in there. Some nutrition. But it's also instant. You can be sitting there at dinner and saying, this was nice, but gee, me, wish we had dessert. Yeah, yeah, and presto. Boom. Let me tell you something. It's not what? so instant when you make it with Hazi. It's, uh, there's a little more to it. But okay. So go ahead. You have, you have an article on swimming. Well, the kids, the babies do love to make the pudding and yeah. they're shocked. That's something that's so fun to do yeah. turns out to be delicious. And they love the pudding. They, they, they're, they're totally surprised yes. when they eat the pudding. <laughs> All right. Uh, just quickly, an uh, article about swimming in Bushwick. Okay. Um, the Bushwick campus that, um, I guess, uh, includes um, four small smaller high schools in Brooklyn. They actually have an in-ground swimming pool, an indoor swimming pool. And, you know, those seem to be uh, becoming more and more rare. Apparently during the 90s, the Bushwick High School had a top swim team. They were in championships. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and they were third in the whole New York area or something. Yeah, but the sad Top thing is, in Brooklyn. it dissipated, and then it, that just it kind of evaporated. Right. All right. So you know, pools, a lot of pools have ended up not being used. Right. right. But then I know the thing that, is, but just to so we're yeah. clear, Bushwick's not a great area. It wasn't a right. great area then. So right. that's what made it more remarkable. They were competing. Yeah. You know, a suburban swim team. You understand. But this is an area where kids didn't know how to swim, were learning how to swim, and then became competitive swimmers. Pretty quickly. So, so it was nice story, that they had this. Yeah, there's swimsuit. a story in the New York Times about uh, Marvin Cabajal, who was on one of those teams in the 90s, yeah. who's now, you know, a um, physical ed teacher at Bushwick, and he's reviving the yeah. swim team. Okay. Right. And he's been supported. He's been trying to do it for a while to not much 
interest. And he's been supported by another teacher, Alyssa Taylor, and they've got the swim team going again. So they're getting kids to learn how to swim. Uh, A couple of times he's had to buy the kids swimsuits so they could join the team. But But he's starting from scratch. These are not kids who've been swimming on the local team since they were five. They're walking in. They don't know how to swim. Teaches them how to swim, and they're swimming in swim meets right. a few months later. Yes, but they're not doing that great. But but that's not really they're important. They're doing great in the sense that they know how to swim That's the now. important thing. Yeah. That's the important thing. It's not, we're not out to build the next Olympic swimmer. But So what a waste to have a pool that's not being used. But the other thing and he's doing. what a waste for people not to know how to swim. Plus, he's, 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 he's generating interest. And they're becoming swimmers so that they a lot of them will take advantage of this and become, get jobs as lifeguards There's in the summertime. A huge for sixteen dollars an hour right. of lifeguards in metropolitan areas. So that's areas how he's selling the program to yeah. a large degree, which is all to the good. Which is great. He's yeah. Giving these kids a ch- an opportunity to uh, um, get a job, right. but also to save their lives. There are not that many sports yeah. that you can take up. That can so easily save your life or help you save someone else's life at the same time. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it's a crime to let these pools um, just, uh, you know, no, you're right. disintegrate into nothingness. Uh, you know, I, I must say that uh, at the Bucks County Community College and at uh, Mercer County College, uh, they had great pools and clearly not being used almost at all. And they were, even to the extent they were being used, they were in in tremendous disrepair and filthy. And, uh, you know, so hats off to Bushwick and Marvin Cabal. All right, so the final story has to do with Avatar, which takes us back to AI. Avatar, the way of water. Uh, And by the way, there was another article in the Times I didn't go into, which talked about AI is going to revolutionize the movie business. And I'm sure it was uh, useful in Avatar, The Way of Water. But this article, has headline is a three-hour-plus film full of churning seas means bathroom breaks. That's right. They interviewed people who were in, uh, in the movie theaters watching the film. And here's one example, a fellow named Alex Brazard. Uh, he went to a, a showing of Avatar The Way of Water. He had to run to the bathroom three times over the course of the movie's three hours and 12 minutes. It's not just the time, Mr. Bazaar said. It's all the water. <laughs> Watching, uh, apparently, that the photorealistic ocean sequences that make up the bulk of the movie uh, cause many of the people who have vats of soda in their hands uh, to have to run to the uh, restroom more than once over the course of the film. Um, how do you like that? I mean, well, this is just going to make people stay home and watch the movie. I mean, they, now here's a movie that it sounds like you should see it on the big screen for sure, right? Yeah, okay. But so why don't they just have an intermission? Well, there are a couple Wasn't of things. There, that, what, back in the day, they do talk they, about that. Yeah. They do talk about that. They ask somebody uh, again, some miscellaneous viewer or something like that. What isn't the answer to have an intermission? And he says, I have a better idea. Maybe the movie should have been 15 minutes shorter. Uh, or 45 minutes shorter. So that's, that's a critic already. So, but yeah, an intermission would be good. Maybe that's why they did intermissions. I don't know. But, uh, they also investigate in this article. By the way, they asked the director, uh, what he thinks about this. He says, yeah, let them take a water break. Come back, come back. Uh, you know, if they miss a minute, no big deal. And if you really feel that way, see it again. <laughs> see, but, uh, good idea. Yeah. 
But uh, they do talk briefly about the notion of uh, the idea of watching water and listening to water does cause people to want to go to the bathroom. It's, it's a thing. It's a real thing. It's not made up. In a 2015 study, the sound of running water increased the flow rate of urination among men with lower urinary tract issues. Well, that's, uh, yeah. The sound of running water is also a commonly recommended component of toilet training for infants. There's, there's something to it. And they ask a doctor about it, and he says, look, I think it is a real thing. And he says, when you have the urge to void, you should. Void being used as a, a verb there. I think <laughs> uh, you seem pretty into this, Dan. I, I don't know. I, I, it's another excuse for me not to see the movie. All right, here All we right. go. So, Off so, into the void. So listen, here right. I have to close on this thought. The Giants had an historic win in the playoffs yesterday. Yeah. And I have to give credit where credit is due. Yeah. The reason that they you won should. is that before the movie, my wife, Miss Tamsin Granger, uh, came onto the scene wearing a pair of football giant earrings. Yes. And, and, and Miniature neither, helmets. Neither of us. I wore them all day. And neither of us know where they came from. Have you figured <laughs> out where they came from? No. I, I know where they came from. I just don't remember uh-huh. ever so, buying them. I, I must will have been talk- a frenzy of fan... Girlish. Yes, I don't know, but I will say that a lot of people think the Giants have no chance against the Eagles, uh, and I kind of see that. But having said that, I should warn the public that my understanding is Ms. Granger is going to wear those earrings again next Saturday night. It's possible for them to win next week. We would both have to be wearing earrings. Oh, God. All right. Now it's becoming more difficult. All right. So in any event, that's next Saturday night, uh, and we'll see you after that game. But until then, uh, this is Dan Abuhoff. And Tamsin Geringer with Tamsin and Dan Read the Paper, as usual. See you then.